Welcome to the Unity Works Podcast, where we'll share positive insight on today's topical and sometimes controversial topics. The discussion is shaped through the lens of unity and acceptance while focusing on our community, families, and the workplace. Life works better when we come together. Here's your host, Daryl Ross. Hello and welcome to the Unity Works Podcast. Just thrilled that you're here. I'm your host, Daryl Ross. Today, we're talking about unity in the division part two. And I want to thank everyone for reaching out over last week's episode. My inbox blew up my cell phone. It was great talking to so many of you. Truly, I had some great discussions with Democrats, independents, Republicans for Trump, Republicans who still vote Republican but don't prefer Trump. Let me explain that to you, by the way. And the best way to describe that, if you didn't know, I'm a huge Dallas Cowboy fan. And I go way back. I mean, I was a fan back in the 70s. My dad went to Arizona State to get his master's degree. And back then, Danny White was the quarterback for the Sun Devils at Arizona State. And my dad took the kids, me, my brother, my sister, to the games. And I just followed Danny White into the pros. And that's it. Like, it's been that long I've been a Cowboy fan, so I endured some of our greatest years and some of our not-so-great years like this year, right? But one of the things that really kind of hit me hard, many of you know this, that that when the new owner came in, Jerry Jones, he kind of just shook up the whole organization and let some people go in kind of a hard way. Our legendary coach, Tom Landry, was just let go in a in a way that many of us Cowboy fans didn't like. His rift with Jimmy Johnson, all these things. So long story short, I'm a huge Dallas Cowboy fan. I pull for the players. I pull for the coaches. I want us to win again. I'm not the biggest fan of Jerry Jones. Does that make sense? So that's how I look at Republicans who really support the Republican Party. They want things to be a conservative point of view, conservative policies and principles of running a government with the economy to taxes, everything, but they don't really care for Trump that much. That makes sense. So I actually do understand that, but I had some great discussions. I think it was so helpful. And the cool thing is I didn't ask anyone to change political parties. I didn't ask anyone to change their point of view. They didn't ask me, but we did have some great discussions. So I'm still optimistic that we can come together, have unity, but I just think there are a few things we still need to discuss. And a few of these came in in my instant message. And I think it's important to talk about these because I think if we can't get past this, we're never really going to have unity. So here's one of the big ones that came in my instant message that People said to me that they believe that citizens are voting based off of who they like or who they don't like, that they're, you know, not researching the issues or learning about the policies. It's all about who they like or don't like. And I said to them, I'll say to you, my answer is absolutely. (laughs) Welcome to America, right? I know that may not be the answer you're looking for, but look, likability is huge. The likability factor is something that many analysts actually talk about. But let me qualify this. I do think a small percentage of people out there really do go in and research. They'll take a deep dive into policies and the ramifications, but most people don't. But here's the funny thing. This isn't new. 
I often say that we are sometimes kind of prisoners of the moment. So because we're so emotional right now and ramped up, we're thinking only about right now. Well, that question of people not researching the policies or looking at the issues has been going on for decades. And I have examples for you on both sides of the aisle. Okay, so here we go. Years ago, there was a former governor. He ran for president and he won. And many people thought this line helped him. People thought that he's the kind of guy you want to have a beer with. You remember that? Yes, that's George W. Bush, that he was known to be that down-to-earth kind of guy that you'd like to have a beer with. Now, obviously, the you know criticism came that, how do you elect a president based off of you want to have a beer with him? But that line stuck, and it really did seem to push him over the edge into the likability factor, specifically his you know first four years. But bottom line is, that's an example right there where Republicans put a Republican in office, and one of the big factors was that people just thought he was likable. He could, you know, sit down, have a beer with you, and it'd be kind of cool, all right? How about on the Democratic side? This back in the 90s. I love this one. This guy you probably knew nothing about unless you were from Arkansas. I had no idea who he was. And there are many talk shows you can go on to kind of help get the word out about you. But this guy, Bill Clinton, chose to go on the Arsenio Hall show. Remember that? Arsenio, right? Bottom line is, he went on there and put some sunglasses on, played a saxophone with the band. (laughs) Next thing you know, he's the president. (laughs) I know that is crazy. That's kind of how it happened. My wife told me, you know, she was up in Canada and she was kind of, you know, taking a look at Who's this guy playing saxophone? He's kind of cool. Like, it was a big deal. And I know that shouldn't really be our reason for electing someone. But I'm here to tell you right now, that shot him over the roof in terms of popularity. And there's no doubt his likability factor came into play because he could play a saxophone on the Arsenio Hall show. No doubt. How about the other side? Here's a Democrat who really was not likable. I can't really find another candidate who has run for president that really was more experienced than Hillary Clinton. Think about that. She was first lady. She was a U.S. senator from New York, by the way. And she was also secretary of state. Okay. But it didn't matter. End of the day, people just didn't really like her. All right. Her likability was really low. And I'm not saying that you know, Trump didn't do a great job in winning because he did. But it also helped that people just didn't like Hillary. I don't think it mattered. It just really hit people the wrong way with many things. And they didn't vote on or against or for her policies. They voted because they didn't like her, period. Now, the same things happened right now. Many people believe that, you know, people voted against Donald Trump. They didn't like him. Well, yeah, his likability is pretty low. But as you just, you know, heard, there are many examples throughout history where people are getting votes because they're liked and not getting votes because they're not liked. So all I'm saying is don't be a prisoner of the moment. Understand that, yes, likability comes into play and we should accept that. But I would put a caveat to that. You know, research, gang, we we need to really 
do some research on some of these issues. I'm going to give my wife some dabby. Look, this is like third dabby week in a row for my wife. Um, you know, when you're voting and you have all those other options of votes and things you have to look into, you know, vote for Prop 8 and vote for this and that. My wife, she was reading all that. I am not lying. And she went on websites and competing websites to, you know, learn about the different types of the information going into these. And no doubt, I was like, yeah, I'm kind of skimming. <laughs> I was kind of skimming, right? But no, you know, my wife really, she tackled these issues, at least the ones that were local here in Florida. And uh, so I know many of you do as well. I'm just saying for all of us, me included, hey, take a little more onus, learn about these policies and research for yourself. Number two, I think we've let hate hijack social media. Don't you think? Without a doubt, hate is just running rampant on social media. And I love social media for the good side. I'm sure you do as well. I like seeing, you know, people's birthdays, anniversaries. I love seeing, you know, your kids growing up and activities that they're doing. I just love anything on there that's bringing people together. It's fantastic. But look, there's no doubt that the negativity, the more toxic side of social media is just exploding. Unfortunately, it gets more likes. It gets more attention. But I had a great conversation with a friend of mine from college. I've known her for many, many years. And Jerry Garrick, you out there? Hello, Jerry. Jerry, can you hear me? <laughs> of course you can't because I'm recording this. But I hope she doesn't mind. Jerry and I were talking back and forth via Facebook. And I kind of proposed this question because Jerry was kind of sharing kind of the same thing that's just so toxic out there. And I asked the question, you know, I wonder if we've always been this way. You know what I mean? Now, hear me out, because I know in your immediate answer, you go, no, no, we're much more hateful now, but hang on. What I'm saying is we didn't have social media back in the day. So let's go way back. I don't know. Archie Bunker. Okay. That way it's more of a fictitious person. So if you watch the all in the family TV show, you know, Archie Bunker was, you know, pretty much, uh, kind of a bigot, kind of a sexist, kind of just everything you can think of in terms of the negative side. But let's say that you had that type of a neighbor. Well, guess what? You wouldn't really know all their, you know, personal feelings because there was no social media to put it out there. For all you know, you grew up with people just as hateful, right? <laughs> the whole time. But we only see them as neighbors and good things, that kind of thing. But then social media puts it in a whole new light. So I was wondering, you know, did social media kind of trick us into just showing more of that hateful side? And Jerry was sharing with me as well that, you know, she kind of feels like it is, you know, worse now. And I can see that. I, I definitely see, because here's the problem where I think Jerry's right, that social media almost makes you attack. You feel completely fine to literally attack someone online. It's not like seeing them face to face and you kind of feel justified by having your take. And I just think in some regards, we've let this tool of social media, which could go positive or negative, we're choosing to take it more than negative. We can see it being used by leaders in a negative way, and sometimes we do it as well. 
You know, I mentioned this a little bit in the last episode to just de-escalate and take social media back, but specifically just don't let it hijack you into going towards the negative. Sometimes I see it even more in my local friends and local neighborhoods where just goes to an area that I say is just unnecessary. And I think we wouldn't do that if we didn't have social media. It's hard for me to believe that we would meet up in a coffee shop or at an HOA meeting or in a library or whatever, and we'd say some of the things that we say on social media to each other's face. I just don't think we do it. Maybe we would. I don't know. But my question is, you know, were we always kind of this you know, passive aggressive or aggressive back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, even early 2000s, and we didn't know it, and social media just kind of launched it? Or did social media create this thing that kind of we can't stop now? Either way, I think the bottom line is, look, we have social media. It's not going anywhere. I think the only answer is, how are we going to navigate it? How are we going to use it? Let's use it more for positivity, for bringing people up. There's so many things out there that's negative. So why feed more into it? So my bottom line is don't let it hijack your feed. You control your feed. You control what you say, what you do, and how you represent not just yourself, your entire family on social media. And number three, beware of disinformation. Beware of of disinformation, specifically kind of piggybacking on number two with social media. You know what? It sounds kind of crazy, but you can't believe everything you read. That sounds kind of like common sense, but I can tell you it's not common practice. Many people read the first thing they see, the first video or first photo, and boom, that's just what they now think. And it's really hard to reel that back. By the way, here's the true definition of the word disinformation. It's false or misleading information that is spread deliberately to deceive. I'll read that again. Disinformation is false or misleading information that is spread deliberately to deceive. And yes, if you were wondering, that's one of the areas that the FBI and CIA uncovered that the Russians were doing on our social media feeds in 2016 that they were just unleashing disinformation. And here's the big thing. Sometimes, I'm sure you see it too, news outlets don't even do a retraction. Don't even correct it. Don't even admit that what they said yesterday, day before, last week was wrong. They kind of move on or they gently touch on it. Well, we're wrong about that. But the rest of it, kind of a thing, like it's really powerful. So we must be mindful of information and where we're getting it from. Now, with that, there's a new social media platform called Parler. This is not a knock on them. I'm not on Parler, but it's a Twitter-like app, and they describe themselves as the world's premier free speech social network. In any area where there is free speech, you got to be mindful because when people go that route, oftentimes they want to yell, it's free speech, And I want to say, yes, it is free speech, but you're not free of the consequences. See, people love to yell free speech, don't they? They love that line. And look, I love free speech too, but we're not free of the consequences. So some have moved on to Parler because they believe they won't be censored. So look, I'm not saying that Twitter 
and Facebook has everything together with information too. Uh, you know, they have their own challenges, but because they have shut down or censored certain comments that were deemed to be untrue or to incite violence, just be mindful that a parlor is going to have a free speech free for all, then it's really on you to understand where is the truth, where is the real information, and what is the disinformation. Over the past weekend, Parler shot up to the top of Apple's downloads. As of Monday, it had 8 million members, nearly double from the 4.5 it had the week before. So look, Parler is a big player now. They're part of this social media platform. But with the, the mantra of the premier free speech social network, just be mindful of disinformation will be rampant. All right, quick recap on how we can have more unity within all this division. Number one, look, likability is real, but do your own research, all right? It's no doubt people vote because they like certain people or don't like certain people, but it is time to understand the policies, understand the issues to where you can be a more informed citizen, more informed voter. And understand this, we are a nation of scrollers, aren't we? We will grab our phone and scroll, scroll for bits of information that already align with how we already feel. And then boom, we're done, okay? That's about as much as we research. We will scroll till we find something that we definitely don't like, see? Or we like, oh, see there? And that's it. So all I'm saying is research more. Learn about the issues. Learn about the policies. Number two, don't let hate hijack your social media feed. Look, I understand there is negativity all over social media, but starts with one person at a time. What are you going to do? How is your feed going to be? What's your energy going to be going out into the world? You decide. Don't let hate drive your social media feed. And number three, beware of disinformation. It's happening more now than ever before. So it just really is on us to look for more truth, look for more understanding. And with that, I think disinformation is making us not trust our institutions within America. Think about that. For decades now, we've had different presidents, but we've always had what? Checks and balances. Supreme Court, the White House, Senate, the House, I mean, even the CIA, FBI. Bottom line is we've always had checks and balances. No matter if you are a President Trump supporter or President-elect Biden supporter, we should also support America. And America stands for liberty, stands for checks and balances. It will really put us more in a framework of unity. It's time to move past the hate. It's time to move past all the negativity. Let's rise up as a nation and face 2021 together. Look, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please share with a friend. Even in all this division, we can find unity. Life works better when we come together. Talk to you next week.